0: Proverbs chapter 13 <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 13 Proverbs is such a unique book. There's so much that is dealt with. As I said way back when we started picked back up our study. You can really go verse by verse. Uh, I had a friend in Bible college that decided to make a topical study of the book of proverbs and so as he would read through a chapter he would uh, put each verse under the topic so for example the first three verses i could have easily done the bible study based on our mouth or our speech because Verse two says, A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth, but by the, but the soul of the transgressor shall he violence. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life. So you, you see that topic uh, going to our speech and, and Proverbs talks about our mouth, our lips, our tongue. And there's just numerous verses that uh, could be cataloged in that way. Uh, tonight I'm going to pick up just one Topic here in verse number one. Uh, let's go ahead and read the first five verses, but the Bible says, uh, then I'll point it out to you a wise son heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the transgressor shall eat violence. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. The soul of the sluggard desireth and hath nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. A righteous man hateth lying, but a wicked man is loathsome and cometh to shame. As you're reading through Proverbs, there are certain characters that are identified. Uh, for example, in the passage I just read, verse one, we see a scorner, verse four, the sluggard, verse four, the diligent, verse six, I didn't read that far, but it says, but wickedness overthroweth the sinner. And so as you're reading through it, it's really easy, and I find myself doing this as well, that you, you just sort of roll with it and you don't stop and ask Well, who is that guy? So tonight we're gonna ask, verse number one, who is the scorner? Who is a scorner? When you read the word to scorn or scorner, you think of maybe a sneering look. Uh, The word, the root word is not only translated scorn or scorner, but to mock or mockery the root of this word is found 26 times in the bible 26 different verses in the bible and almost every time it's scorn scorning scorner etc but it is translated a few times as mockery for example proverbs 20 verse 1 wine is a mocker strong drink is raging whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise wine is a mocker, that's the same Hebrew word that is translated scorn or scorner. Now we won't look at all of the times you find it in the book of Proverbs, but I wanna show you some of them. So keep your finger here, but go back to Proverbs chapter one. Proverbs chapter one, verse number 22. How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Do you notice there's three different categories of people there in Proverbs 1.22. Simple is talking about, you know, somebody who just really uh, is uh, silly. It would be a word to use there. They're not focused, they're not... They don't have any real connection to what's serious or what is important they're simple it's not talking about some kind of cognitive ability as much as a attitude of carelessness then the scorner is mentioned in the fool now turn to chapter 9 Proverbs chapter 9 look at verse 7 He that reproveth a scorner getteth to himself shame. And he that rebuketh a wicked man getteth himself a blot. Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love thee. So it's talking about the responses of two different characters of people to instruction or correction. A scorner, you're wasting your time. They're just going to steer, blow you off. It means nothing to them. Uh, you know, they're not at all interested. Whereas a wise man is going to grow in wisdom because they desire the instruction, the help, the correction so that they not make the same mistake again. Turn to Proverbs 14. Look at verse number six. A scorner seeketh wisdom and findeth it not, but knowledge is easy unto him that understandeth. So a scorner wants wisdom, but they don't gain wisdom because they don't have a heart that is willing to submit and to be instructed. And then one more, chapter 15. We could do another dozen or so, but we won't for sake of time. 15 verse 12, a scorner loveth not one that reproveth him, neither will he go unto the wise. So we see repeatedly in uh, the book of Proverbs, uh, the other place uh, where you find the word used often is in the Psalms, but not nearly as many times as here in the Proverbs. And here's a bottom line uh, sort of summation to keep in mind as we go into this study tonight. God is as interested in our attitudes as our actions that's why mom and dad you don't just discipline your children for doing something big and bad bad attitudes need discipline as well why because you're standing in the place of God and if you want your children to understand, God is not pleased with our attitudes, we need to inculcate that in their youth, as they are under our tutelage to train them. So a few things here, let's consider the scorner. Who is a scorner? Basically, it's someone who has a higher opinion of themselves or who refuses to listen as if they do not need instruction. It's sort of a superior attitude. When I first came to Faithway, those first few years teaching in the college were a real challenge. I don't know why, but there had been an attitude that was sort of developed among some in the student body, certainly not all. We had some great students, and they're out serving God and doing wonderfully. But there was a handful of young men primarily who loved to sit in the back of class and make you feel like, show me show me and there are times they they would ask a provocative question not the interrogative question the interrogative question is I'm not sure I understand can you explain can you help me understand the provocative question is trying to put you on the horns of a dilemma that's that's okay I'm I'm comfortable in myself but you know as I reflected on that as I was putting together this Bible study, not one of those guys is in the ministry. You see, attitudes matter. They matter. If you want to learn, you can learn. If you want to be a know-it-all, nobody can help you. Strong's Concordance says this word means, quote, to make mouth at, to scoff To mock is in a verb form. That means to boast or scorn or deride, to imitate in a mocking kind of a way. Brown Driver and Briggs says it means to boast or mock or deride, to be inflated in yourself, to show a mocker. H.A. Ironsides in his old commentary put it this way, the self-confident scorner will pass on indifferent to the words of the wise to learn for himself by bitter experience of the snares and pitfalls he might have avoided had he been humble enough to accept counsel from those competent to teach them. You know, I've taught a lot of people through the years in classroom settings. And and the person who learns is a person who wants to. But the person who doesn't get anything out of the class, I I remember a while back, it wasn't a class I taught. A student came in and complained about a particular class. I know the, the teacher. I know that they do a good job. I didn't get anything out of that class. It wasn't what I expected it to be maybe you could have if you wanted to but you didn't have that attitude you were not teachable you see a scorner is a person who is not teachable doesn't matter who the teacher is remember the Lord taught Judas for three years and he didn't get it keep your finger here I'll, I'll give you a classic Bible example turn back to first Timothy chapter two Whenever I read through this passage, I have to pause and really consider what's going on here. I'm going to show you the response, and you know this story, but it does us good to read it. The the priest Eli, a faithful man. All we can see about him, he was a godly man, but his sons were a disaster. It always causes me to ask the question, why would God direct Hannah to put Samuel into that situation and Samuel come out well? But there is a problem there. You read the whole story, Samuel's boys were a huge disappointment. So let's look at these boys. They grew up in the priest home, 1 Samuel 2, verse 22. Now Eli was very old and heard all that his sons did unto all Israel and how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And he said unto them, Why do ye such things? For I hear of your evil dealings by all this people. Nay, my sons, for it is no good report that I hear. Ye make the Lord's people to transgress. If one man sin against another, the judge shall judge him. But if a man sin against the Lord, who shall entreat for him? Notwithstanding, they hearken not unto the voice of their children because the Lord would slay them. So Eli is rebuking his sons for their awful, wicked behavior. Turn forward to chapter 4. What happened? Did they say, you know what, Dad, you're right, we're wrong, we'll repent, we'll do right, we'll get everything squared away? Oh no, that's not what happened. Chapter 4, verse 16. And the man said unto Eli, I am he that came out of the army, and I fled today out of the army. And he said, What is there done, my son? And the messenger answered and said, Israel is fled before the Philistines, and there hath been also a great slaughter among the people and thy two sons also, Hophni and Phineas, are dead and the ark of God is taken. Mom and dad, may I say to you, just because you take your kids to church, you even put them into Christian school or homeschool them, you don't have guarantees that they're gonna turn out right. God does not teach us passive parenting, but active parenting. Those two boys were in the confines of the house of God every day and they were so wicked you wouldn't want them living next door to you don't miss the opportunity mom and dad you're going to blink and they're going to be walking away as young adults active parenting you're talking about real issues you are tuned in what are they looking at on their phones what websites are they going to What about their social media accounts? You know who their friends are. You know who they're with. You know what they're watching on television if there's anything that justifies being watched anymore. You are an active parent. You're not passive. Passive parenting is a disaster waiting to happen. Here's a classic example. They could have learned. I can picture in my mind's eye yeah yeah dad you're just so out of touch you're out of date this is the way the world is this is the world I live in don't don't restrict me don't hold me back and here's another failure parents think because they put their kids in Sunday school for an hour or church an hour then they let them go off under ungodly unsaved coaches and trainers and educational opportunities and they think that one hour of Sunday school or church is going to counteract those four hours of cursing and swearing and what all those unsaved kids are saying on the basketball court or on the soccer pitch or wherever it is you have your head in the sand you better wake up I had my kids in public uh, soccer leagues when they were real little. We didn't have Christian school. Guess where I was every time they were there. I was there. I heard every word spoken. I stood when the coach talked to them. And as soon as it was not acceptable, we were out. They never played on Sunday. They never missed church for that because I wasn't going to sacrifice my kids on the altar of their wanting to do something. You only get one chance to rear him. You better be an active parent, not a passive parent. So who's a scorner? Somebody who dismisses. Anybody who can have a positive influence. Secondly, notice the danger of being a scorner. In our text, it says, verse one, a wise son heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. What is that really teaching us? A scorner has to learn the lessons the hard way. They learn the hard way. Life is harder than it needs to be. Why? Because they won't hear rebuke. The wise hear their father's instruction. That word includes not only verbal instruction, but discipline. They respond to that discipline. It's the wise son is one who pays attention when their father corrects him and so that they don't make the same mistake again. I'm finishing the biography of Dr. Ed Nelson. Dr. Nelson, you've probably never heard of him, but he was a godly man, lived into his 90s. He had the Christian school in Colorado I went to one year that really turned my life around. I would always go back and communicate with him, took him out to dinner a few times. He was just an amazing guy. But his biography was recently written, I'm reading it and I chuckled because his one son, about the middle of his group of six kids, was one year younger than me in high school. Dave and I played basketball that one year I was in the school, I knew him quite well. But he was telling stories, he had one chapter titled, Nelson Kids Hijinks, and different stuff his kids did and how he had to discipline them and so on and how some of them responded really well the first time and others, you know, they had to go through that school of learning a few times to catch on. It caused me to chuckle because, you know, any parent has gone down that that path. But a scorner resists that correction. They toughen up, they stiffen up. In fact, the scorner mocks those who try to help them tried to instruct them, dismissing their advice or instruction. You know, as you get older, it's amazing how smart your parents were. You didn't think so at the time, but you think so now. Think about Rehoboam. Solomon had built up the nation of Israel to an amazing peak. Rehoboam steps into the scene And some of his counselors said, you know, I mean, your dad was a good man, but the taxes are high, times are tough. If you really want people to love you, take the pressure off. And and, you know, just go with it for a while. There's no real pressing situation. The older men gave him wise counsel from experience. But then he went to his peers and said, well, what do you think? Oh man, your dad's finger? I mean, your, your finger, how did it go? Like your father's thigh. Your, your father's finger will be like your thigh. In other words, put more pressure on. And Rehoboam mocked and dismissed. He scorned the wise advice and ended up destroying the nation. Created great division. Did he have opportunity to make a wise choice? Did he have instructors who were trying to help him? Yes. If you have a study Bible, if yours is like mine, it titles 1 Kings chapter 12, the folly of Rehoboam. You know, a person who refuses to learn is a person who just advertises their foolishness. You know, I don't, I'm, I'm way past the day of everybody has to listen to my advice and do what I would do. But if somebody comes and asks, I'm gonna give them the very best advice I can give them from my experience. You don't wanna do that? That's between you and God, I'm not God. But it is interesting to watch how that plays out over time. It doesn't mean I'm always right, please don't misunderstand me. But if somebody's been down the road ahead of you and has a little opportunity to share with you advice, you might be wise to listen. A scorner, has a hard life. A scorner misses out on God's grace. We, we're going to speed up here a little bit, but take, just write down the reference if you're taking notes. Chapter three of Proverbs verse 34 says, surely he scorneth the scorners, but he giveth grace unto the lowly. God's grace oils the gears God's grace makes even the hard times palatable God is the one who gives us far beyond what we deserve but if you're a scorner God says well you're on your own if you reject God's counsel from the word of God you're on your own a scorner misses out on God's grace and thirdly Proverbs tells us that that attitude of scorning becomes your character it becomes your character you know some churches have a, a character of no pastor ever stays more than a few years a friend of mine said it's in their dna <laughs> that's pathetic to tell you the truth you look at the history of christianity the greatest churches that we can ever read about had long-term pastorates There's a church in Dallas, Texas, Southern Baptist Church. When it reaches 150th anniversary, it only had three pastors. I'm sorry, folks. I'm not going to be here 50 years. But we're going into year 48, and we've only had three. You know, when a church has this idea, we're the boss, you're the employee, and you don't like it, hit the road. Guess what? That becomes that power... Becomes their DNA, and it's a problem. Well, a person develops that scornful attitude. Nobody's going to tell me. Nobody's going to Nobody's going instruct me. Guess what? Expect their kids to respond to them that exact same way. Proverbs 122, how long, ye simple ones, will you love simplicity? And scorners delight in your scorning. That word delight means to take pleasure in. You sort of like having that attitude of being tough and being obstinate and being difficult to get along with. It, It becomes your DNA. Thirdly, what's the evidence of being a scorner? What's the evidence? I see three here in the book of Proverbs. Number one, scorners are simply not teachable. And God says, don't waste time on him. Proverbs 9, 7 and 8, He that reproveth a scorner, getteth to himself shame. He that rebuketh a wicked man, getteth himself a blot. Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love thee. Proverbs fifteen twelve. A scorner loveth not one that reproveth him, neither will he go unto the wise scorners are simply not teachable it's not just one person it's all authority and nobody's going to tell them what to do i had a pastor here uh, during bible conference and he had had some people come to him and uh, they they had gotten hooked up with some preacher that was espousing the the just crazy doctrine of a guy by the name of peter ruckman and i just said to the pastor when he asked me the question i said look I've had four or five people who are Ruckman followers. I have not found one that is open to teaching of the word of God. They they follow that personality. What was his personality like? They bought me a subscription to his paper. Every month when the paper came, I took out a red pen and I circled everybody who he criticized in the eight page paper and then I threw it away. That was his attitude. Nobody was as smart as he was. He, the university he graduated from said he was probably the highest IQ ever. But he didn't apply the Bible very well. I went to Bible college with a guy who had started out at his college, and Ruckman had stolen the guy's wife to himself for his third wife, and the guy was heartbroken. Is that the guy and the guy you want to follow? But they're more loyal to that doctrine than the Bible. And that's the attitude of a scorner. I know what I know. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. If you're not telling me what I want to hear, I don't care who you are. A scorner is not teachable. Secondly, the Bible says scorner, that attitude of a scorner is an evidence of pride. Proverbs 21, 21, 24. Proud and haughty scorner is his name who dealeth in proud wrath and we know the warnings against pride in the Bible are just so numerous we don't even have time to reference them a scornful attitude is an evidence of pride a humble attitude is an evidence of that is shown in a teachable spirit pastor I used to be under he's in heaven now he used to say Everybody knows something I don't know. Hence, everyone can be my teacher. If you approach life with that attitude, you keep a teachable spirit. I I don't have to agree with everything uh, somebody says if they disagree with the Bible, but I can learn if I want to. And thirdly, a third evidence of a scorner is that they create strife and conflict. Proverbs 22, verse 10 reads, Cast out the scorner, and contention shall go out. Yea, strife and reproach shall cease. Cast out the scorner, and the contention goes with them. There's conflict in a situation. Get the scorner out of there. Now there's going to be peace. And God challenges to endeavor to have peace with the brethren. Ephesians chapter 4. We're to work at it. Lastly, the consequences of being a scorner. Consequences. First of all, you cannot gain wisdom. We saw that in Proverbs 14, 6. You can see it there. A scorner seeketh wisdom and findeth it not, but knowledge is easy unto him that understandeth. On my walk yesterday, I was listening to Dave Young, evangelist who's been here preaching many times. He has a podcast, Young at Heart, mostly dealing with marriage, family issues, so on. But he's right now doing a little series on uh, what Proverbs says about the family. And he made a statement. He said, wisdom is not caught. It's taught and it's sought. Sometimes we think, well, you know, if I would have grown up in your situation, or if I would have been in your home, or if I would have gone to Bible college, then I'd have wisdom like you too. No, wisdom is not gathered by osmosis. You're in the atmosphere and it just sort of soaks in. You've got to want it, seek it, and you've got to be willing to be taught. It's caught and it's taught. By the way, there's a great lesson for you, mom and dad. Oh, I just hope my kids are wise. No, you teach them. You teach them. Here's what you do in that situation. Here's what you do if somebody says something. Here's what you do if somebody wants to show you. You ought to have a plan for your kids to keep their purity. Do your kids know how to respond if somebody wants to show them something on their mobile device? Will your kids come to you then because they know you'll give them honest questions on those very delicate issues of human sexuality and what it means to be a man and what it means to be a woman. I mean, the world today tells them that there's more than that, but the Bible says God created male and female. There is no third option. And your kids need to know that. Oh, that's that's embarrassing, Pastor. That's hard to talk about. Guess what? They'll talk to somebody about it. They'll talk to somebody about it. We live in a very wicked world, folks. And mom and dad, it's your job, it's my job to create an atmosphere. When our kids had questions on those delicate issues, and it was a different world, I know, but we always said, we will answer your questions. We will always tell you the truth. We may not tell you all the truth because you're not ready for it yet. What were we trying to do? Rather than going to your buddy in the locker room, rather than going to the friend down the street, come to mom and dad. You can can know we're gonna tell you the truth. We made that promise, and we did, and you can too. A scorner will never gain wisdom. Secondly, the Bible says, scorners have a low view of sin. Notice 14 verse nine. Fools make a mock at sin, but among the righteous there is favor. That word mock is the same root as the word for scorn or scorning. Fools scorn sin. Yeah, it's not that big a deal. My attitude, they would say, that's not that big a deal. The fact that I disrespected that teacher or that pastor or my parent or whatever, that's not that big a deal. You see, scorners have a low view of sin they don't they don't have a, a shock value any longer because they've overrun that barrier that god puts in our heart and lastly scorners become an object lesson for others proverbs nineteen twenty-nine: judgments are prepared for scorners and stripes for the back of fools proverbs twenty-one eleven: when the scorner is punished the simple, or the naive, is made wise. When the wise is instructed, he receiveth knowledge. Proverbs 19:25. smite a scorner, and the simple will beware. The reprove one that hath understanding, and he will understand knowledge. Proverbs 24, 9, the thought of foolishness is sin, and the scorner is an abomination to men. It's just a little sidelight, our time's done. Whenever you find the word abomination in the Bible, you better stop and take heed. That's one of those real big words in the Bible. And I mean big in meaning and application, not big in number of letters. When God says something is an abomination, the word simply talks about that which is disgusting, something that you should hate something that you would abhor, but God uses it about such things as the sin of homosexuality, idolatry, pagan practices. Okay, now you take that back into Proverbs 24, nine, the thought of foolishness is sin, and the scorner is abhorrent, an abomination to men. You know, too often we excuse attitude sins. Eh, You know, just the stage you're going through. Oh, though, I'll grow it. Probably not. Probably not. But God wants us to not have that attitude. Who do you think you are telling me something, preacher? Who do you think you are, schoolteacher? Earlier this year, we had some students giving one of our younger teachers a little bit of difficulty, saying things like, "You know, they didn't like things like uh, this is stupid. Why do we have to do this?" So when I found out about that, I went up into the classroom and I had a little devotional for them that morning. Proverbs two fourteen. We are to do all things without murmurings and disputings. And I explanified on, that's not an English word, but it's a good word. I explained very clearly and directly what that means. What is a murmuring? What is disputing? And my view of it, and if it happened again, they would be spending time with me in my office and with their parents. And we just have a lovely time of me explaining that that attitude was not acceptable. They didn't break anything, they didn't swear, they didn't cheat. They just had a stinking rotten attitude. Guess what, it's been a wonderful year since then. I said it with a smile, but I meant it with all my heart. Look, attitudes are important. In some ways they are more important than wrong actions because wrong attitudes will go with you right into your adult years. And then you limit yourself desperately. So mom and dad, be proactive. Be active in your parenting. Be active with yourself. You ever find yourself responding to an authority? Oh, they don't have a right to do that. Oh, they shouldn't tell me that. Oh, you may not say it out loud. You may not show it out loud, but you know it's in your heart. God calls that scorning. And it's a serious thing. You need to say, Lord, I need to know, I need you to teach me. You put the authorities in my life I need to help me to be all you want me to be. You keep a teachable spirit. The sky's the limit what God can do with your life.